0: Hello, beautiful people all over the world. This is Christian Shaba, your host of Healthy, Wealthy, and Happy. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, hello. This is Christian here with another informational podcast, and I'm very excited to talk about this topic because this is something that I did not know at all until I was 19. I somehow luckily, thank God, Uh, Somehow I reached the information that there's other ways to make money than working a job. So in today's podcast, we will be diving into the topic of money, not only money, but the two main sources, not sources, but the two different kinds of money you'll probably make in your entire life. All right. So the first one is active income, which I'll describe. And the second one is passive income. So in this whole podcast, I'm gonna try to stay focused and only talk about passive and active income. And if I go a little to the left, a little to the right, you know, forgive me, you know, but I like to throw in a lot of knowledge in there for the folks. All right, so let's go ahead and dive in. No BS, straight to the point, no ass, nothing, just knowledge, all right? So uh, what you need to know is the IRS has three different forms of income. They tax, okay? The first one and the most known one is active income second passive, and the third portfolio, okay? We're not gonna talk about that because most likely there's not that many billionaires listening to my podcast yet, okay? Uh, But when they do, we'll definitely add that to the to-do list. Okay, so um, knowing this, right? You have been designed and engineered to make active income. Point blank period, that's the end of the story. Here's why. Asked 8 out of 10 kids, 8 out of 10 people in college, 8 out of 10 adults, okay? And 9 out of 10, oh, oh sorry, <laughs> 8 out of 10 of them, right, will tell you, hey, I have a job, okay? The other one may not have a job and the other one may be an entrepreneur or salesman or something like that. But you see what I'm saying? So most of us work for, you know, we work for employers, active income. So definition of active income Consistently needing to stay active to maintain a stream of income, okay? What could that possibly, hmm, Christian, what could that be? A job, we talked about, obviously, duh-duh, right? Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, shipped drivers. Um, The guy who uh, buys a whole bunch of stuff from Alibaba and ships them out himself, himself, and packages and markets them and writes all his description on Amazon. That's an active income guy. A guy who buys a, a house and he fixes it all by himself or mainly by himself. He does all the paperwork by himself. And when the house done, he rents it out or sells it by himself. These are active income activities. Stay tuned. I'm going to fill you in. I know that sounds like investing, but we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. Another form of active income is let's say um, sales. Sales is active income. Okay. Every month, every day, you got to sell something. If you don't make a sale, you don't eat. Now, even if you have a salary, still considered active income. Your salary is not considered passive income according to the IRS. Okay. So, Um, These are many popular forms of active income, okay? Let's talk about passive income, okay? Uh, Examples of passive income are rental properties, dividends, and, you know, basically owning a business that runs by itself and pays you monthly, Right. It can be a franchise. It can be a business you started, but you have a president, you have a CEO, CFO, CEO, all this stuff. You got all those people running it for you. And, you know, that is actually a form of passive income when it's structured that way. If you're the owner and you're there every day and you clock in like everybody else every day. Uh, what's the definition of active income again? Consistently needing to stay active to maintain stream of income. I'm sorry, buddy. You are the owner, but you're a self-employed owner to your own business. Ooh, and you started it. You know, talk about irony, right? So uh, these are two forms that I don't know why in schooling, I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I went to a weird school or something. I mean, I've been to over what 12 different schools probably in my lifetime from America to being in Guam. Yeah, I went to school there once for one year, right? So I uh, went to Catholic not Catholic school, but like Pentecostals, all those little weird, I don't even know what they're, Escapalian, Escapolian, I don't even know the definition, nor do I care, but I went to all those different weird denominational schools, Lutheran schools, Detroit public schools, uh, I probably went to a charter, I think I went to one charter school, right. But um, I don't recall, point is, I don't recall anybody saying, hey buddy, Um, When you get out of here, you get out of high school and college, you can actually, uh, you know, you can go find and make money passively. Like there's other passive forms of income out there. I don't recall there being a class on how to buy rental properties. I don't recall there being a class on how to start and own and manage and run your own business. I don't recall there being a class where it shows me how to buy and invest stocks, especially for dividend returns. Okay, I'm not talking the basic economics class. But I guess nowadays they got some better classes. Some, uh, some My nephews and nieces and some other people I know have been telling me, that you know, school's been stepping up with classes, you know, teaching people how to balance a checkbook. That's great because they didn't teach me that. You know what I'm saying? No, no. My, my economics class, we talk about like, was it supply and demand. That's all I kind of remember, supply and demand. I remember my teacher kind of yelling. He was a great teacher. I actually love that guy. Hope he's doing well. And he was actually a businessman and he uh he did something that I probably would never do, but he got out of the business world to become a teacher. You know, that's humbling. Great guy. But um back to the point is basically you have to understand this and tell your sons and your daughters that they are engineered to be employees to make active income, okay? so unfortunately yes guys i know there are people in this world that own big businesses and to some of us we may think they don't do nothing and they make millions of dollars yes because they decided to build their life around passive income can you blame them i don't know Would i blame them no because i'm in pursuit of the same thing right so um I would advise, instead of, you know, listening to your haters and all the haters out there who are all rich people are that no, you should learn from the rich people, okay? Because rich people will always be here, okay? They'll always be here. They were here a 1,000 years ago. Rich people will be here 2,000, you know, they'll be here a 1,000 years from now. They were here 10,000 years ago, okay? Or whatever, 6,000 or 7,000, whatever. Don't don't crucify me, people. But uh, you see what I'm saying? So... Uh, hating on the rich gets nowhere. In my opinion, I would learn from the rich, study from the rich, and I did that for you, so you don't have to do that. Your boy CT got you covered, all right? So what you need to do is just figure out which income you want to pursue and balance out and figure out what you want to do with your life. If you want to make and work every day, there are people like that. I don't understand them, quite frankly. I find them weird, and I don't really... Like Okay. I just never been a, like, I've worked, I probably, I work two jobs. I work all the time, right? You know, but I kind of do what I like, you know what I'm saying? And I, what I kind of do is for me. So it's a little bit different incentive. But yeah, I, I would hate to have to work for somebody else for like 40 years, knowing that I'm making chicken scratch and they're making so much more money and knowing that one, I'll probably never double my income. I haven't met anyone who's worked for someone and let's say they're getting paid $100,000 and, you know, within five, 10 years, they're getting paid $100,000. Never seen it happen. Maybe some of you guys have seen it happen, but personally, I have not. So uh, knowing that, I'm like, so why would I structure my life and being dependent on a person or a business to operate To feed my family, because at the end of the day, folks, uh, when you get fired, yes, it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to pay your bills and to provide for your family or the kids you have or the spouse you have or the parents you have or whoever you took responsibility for. Right. The adopted kids you have, whatever. Right. Uh, it's your responsibility You cannot, we must not blame the business And be like, well, I'm, all, I'm not in business because of Apple or Because, you know, they fired me Dude, that that was, you should have known that was going to come Your two exit routes at a job You get fired or you quit I mean, those are the two Guess what? You're in control of One, quitting, firing, you're not So if that happens, you need to be like, okay If I was to get fired, if I was to get injured, if I was to lose my eyesight, break my legs, if I was not able to go to work, if my wife, my kids, my parents got extremely sick, okay, what will I do? And the thing is, the problem is, people don't ask that question until something bad happens, okay, bad strategy, very bad strategy, you want to prepare for bad things to happen, then you can think positive and feel good, okay, once you prepare for the worst case scenarios, right, so if you have a job, great, that's step one, if you don't have a job and you're not working You should you you hopefully you're an entrepreneur, you're making money somewhere else. But if you don't have a job and you don't have a business, you don't have a whole bunch of real estate, you don't have thousand dollars in a bank account from an insurance claim or whatever, whatever you do, right? If your daddy wasn't a billionaire, okay, your mommy wasn't a trillionaire, right? You most likely you're gonna have to start off with the job. Okay? Jobs are great. Active income is great. The thing is, we need to re engineer the mindsets of people not only to aim for active sources of income, but to also pursue sources of passive income. Which, thank God to technology and all these nice rich guys out there who wanna sell us their fifteen thousand dollar courses, twenty thousand dollar courses, we now know about it. Okay? Thanks to the YouTube ads, the Ty Lopez's and the and the Grant Cardones and you know, the the Dean Graziosos, all those guys, you know, the, what's that one guy, Brendan, uh, yeah, ClickBank, whatever. All these internet people, right? Thanks to those people, we now know about it, okay? So, now that we know about it, I'm here to educate on how to navigate through it and how you can obtain it in the real on it. Because when I got into it, I thought it'd be easy. Like, you know what I'm saying? When I first heard about passive income, I was 19. Right. At the time, I was kind of doing my own business. I'm not going to say that out loud again. But yeah, I was doing my own business. Okay. Uh, And I was working. Okay. And I was going to community college. Right. Uh, I think I dropped out. No, I I dropped out of my history class. It's bad because my my dad was a, a professor in geography. that's probably bad rap. But um either way, yeah man, cuz at the point man, like I'm very practical. I don't know cuz I'm a Capricorn. I don't, I don't know what it is, but like I got practical. If I I went to school to make money. Like I'm trying to make money. I really don't care about trigonometry. I really don't care about the, the Shakespeare. I really I just don't care. Like I can try to impress you and act like I really care about geometry and algebra and And all the other cool stuff in school, the the essays. But uh, in my world, I haven't had to really write an essay for anybody. I haven't had to break down a formula. No job or, you know, investors. Hey, Christian, break down this formula for me, buddy. Show me what you got. You know, no one's ever said, hey, write this essay and uh, we'll give you this bank loan. Right. When I went to get out my cars, when I leased cars, bought cars, when I bought houses, all that. They didn't ask me about all that other stuff. So, maybe they did it for you, but I don't know, right? A little sarcasm in there for you. But, uh, yeah, that's something that I tell people. Like, hey, learn that other stuff from school. Great. But learn money stuff, too, okay? Because that's what you're going to be spending most of your time in life doing is working, okay? And if you don't know know what you're working for, how you're working, or your strategy for working, you're just working every day like a workhorse. You're working like a slave, man. You're like a modern-day slave, like Kanye said in that one song, right? So... Let's wake up, smell the coffee and understand that the system we're in wants us to work so that they can be at the top and profit off our labor. OK, there's no problem with that, because guess what? You're going to do it if you want to make money in passive income. OK, so you can't be a hater and be hating all the rich. people. Oh, this guy owns everything. He owns all the property. Uh the. Uh, If you want to be rich and successful one day and financially free, you're going to have to own some stuff too. You're going to have to have some employees too. You're going to have to pay people less than you make too, buddy. So don't be a hater, okay? Appreciate the game, right? Just treat your people better, right? So if you don't like how Apple pays their employees to treat their employees, pay yours better, okay? Start a co op, okay? Uh, Profit sharing, okay? You know what I'm saying? Business and the the employee business structure doesn't have to be negative. It's negative now because we left it to the hands of these alpha males who are tyrants. This is very important to understand when it comes to thinking and building and strategizing how you're gonna create passive income. And I hope I showed you the need of it, all right? Because anyone out there who made some money, right? And let's say they made Fifty grand a year, hundred grand a year, and something bad happens in their life. They need to go to a sister's wedding. They have a funeral. Parents get sick. Kid gets sick. You know what I'm saying? Uh, parents' business falls apart. You have to quit your job. Like whatever it is, right? Um, they, you know, they want to quit making money. They want to go travel. They want to, you know, spend more time with their family. When you want to start doing these things, and like, you don't have an passive income lines out there, you don't have other. Forms of money coming in other than you working, you're going to be like, you're the best. You know what I'm saying? So please, please start now. Start thinking like, what do I want to do? I want to be a real estate guy. Do I want to be a stock guy? Do I want to start a business? Those are the three options that I really know of the building passive income, right? Buy rentals. Rentals can consist of condos, houses, duplexes, quads, apartments, trailer parks. Yeah. You can rent out farmland, shoot, you know what I'm saying? So is any any land you can rent out to somebody and they pay you monthly, that's passive income, folks, all right? Now, let me disclaimer on that. Um, passive income is really when you are not putting in a lot of time and money into it. I mean, time, right? You're going to put money. If you ain't putting time in, you're putting money. So switch in my brain, time and money. Those are the two currencies on this planet, time and money, okay? To me, I like time is a more valuable currency than money. So, um, you want to know why? There's more, there's limited time, okay? I can, they print money every day, millions of it, okay? They print it all the time. Time, I ain't met nobody who can print time. I never met a time deal. Like, bro, you want 10 more years? <laughs> no, never met them. If you guys know a time dealer, tell him to hook me up. I'll send you my email. I will cash app him right away. Venmo, Zale, whatever he wants. Hook me up with the time dealer. But back to the point of you see what I'm saying? You can't buy time, folks. You can buy you can buy money. So get outside the mind of working, bro. Like think about it. You have eighty, ninety, a hundred, maybe with all these new technologies and all the new tissues and stuff they're creating and new whatever technology with the embryo all the crazy stuff the stem cell yeah you may live 120 140 maybe right why would you spend more than half of that working for somebody else when you can set up these little machines right these little businesses these little rentals these little stocks that that pay you monthly you see what i'm saying? Like, What what, what is the common sense? Unless you really love your job, unless you're a surgeon and you just love cutting people open and and saving their lives. That's different, right? And even those people at one point in time, they're going to want to work out of not, hey, I need this check, right? So I need to hurry up and get this surgery done. I got to rush 12 surgeries in this month because I need to get paid. No, you want your surgeon to do it because... He loves what he does, right? Because that's his gift, not because, well, surgeons make good money, so I figured I'd just become a surgeon. That's what I'm hearing a lot nowadays. Yeah, I want to be a nurse. I want to be an engineer because they make a lot of money. Then you go to his graduation, everybody's a freaking engineer and everybody's a nurse. I'm like, dude, what, what are you doing with your engineering degree? Nothing. Oh, I work at Walmart. I'm a delivery driver. Yeah, you got engineering in what? Like, come on, man. You know I mean, engineers? You, you better be the top engineer out there. There's a lot of y'all, a thousand of y'all popping off every month. It's competition, okay? Just getting a degree isn't enough. I tell people that all the time. After that's just getting your helmet. You getting your helmet and your rifle for life. Now y'all go on the battlefield, and shoot. Hopefully you had practice shooting it, and while you're in college and university, because in the battlefield you don't shoot, you dead, okay? The shots are bullets and debts and problems, okay? And what you shooting at them is money. <laughs> Okay, to solve your problems, right? And uh, intuition and other stuff will solve your problems, but money does definitely help, right? Especially if you got bills. And if you live on, you know, Earth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I wish there's another form of currency I could give people, but everybody seems to want money. My mechanic, my doctor, shoot, even my friends, the girls in my life, they all want money, right? No, I'm just playing. But uh get back to the point, right? You gotta pick one of these three. Okay. For me, I picked rental, real estate, okay, because it makes the most sense to me. One, I picked it because I get equity, right? So if I buy an apartment that's worth $10 million, I'm worth, now I have something, let's say I paid it off, okay? And let me make something clear. When you get a bank loan for something, you do not own it. Oh, yeah, bro, I own this car. Yeah, but you pay $250 to a bank who's actually, who paid off the debt for you. You don't own it. Allied Bank owns it, okay? Comerica owns it, okay? Comerica Bank, Huntington Bank owns it, right? See what I'm saying? Uh, Wells Fargo owns it, okay? You paying them off. You're the debtor, they're the creditor, okay? So understand that. Same thing with a house. I just brought my first house. Oh, you did? You put 3% down, the bank put 97, and you bought your first house. No, that bank brought the house, and you are on the name of the deed. But at the end of the day, guess what? You think you own that house? Stop paying that bank. Stop paying that mortgage payment. Stop paying what you owe the bank. See how quickly that's your house. It's gone. They take it away from you, right? You know, so you get to do all the repairs and they really own it and you get stuck doing all the repairs. It's a great system. No, I'm just I'm just joking. But um, no I'm serious about that. You gotta pay attention. I, I already made a recording on another podcast on that. So you guys listen to that about houses and real estate. It's a phenomenal one if I don't if I don't add. But uh yeah, think about that. Okay? Really. Be like, have you ever thought about that? Like I one guy had to point that out to him, like, dude, you're freaking right. You know when you own the house or you own your car, when you bought a cash or when you paid it off. Right, so back to why I was bringing that up. Let's say I own a paid off ten million dollar property, and it's an apartment complex. Okay, eighty four units, right, or something like that, right? Sixty four units. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, uh, uh, thirteen units. No, that's too low, small. Like twenty four units, whatever, right? Doesn't matter. It's worth ten million dollars. Okay. Guess what? I can go to the bank suited and booted, okay, Gucci loafers on, Cartier's on the face, right, Audemars on the arm, smelling like Armani gold, right, or whatever Armani's out there, right? And be like, uh, I would like a home equity line of credit. Right? You're gonna be like, I want a home equity line of credit. I wanna leverage my property. And they'll be like, oh yes sir, of course. Uh, What's thy credit and what's thy, you know, they're going to ask you questions, obviously, right? You know, you may not get it, but hey, you have an asset to them. So what they like to do is kind of like Monopoly, right? You own something worth $10 you can go to the bank and be like, bruh, uh, I need $6 million. And they'll be like, okay, we need your assets, we need this, this, and that. And be like, oh, here. Tell me I want to leverage this apartment I have. It's ten million dollars worth. I own it, free and clear, no debts. As a net operating income of whatever, I net every month twelve grand, right? Let's say it's that much, right? And no, if you had paid off, it should be net a lot more than that. Let's say you're netting that'd be let's say twenty, let's say twenty four thousand dollars a month, right? You tell them that, you tell them how long you owned it, blase blase. How you have a management team in place, how it's so good. They're like, ooh, yes, yes, yes. And guess what? They're gonna borrow you some money. So that's why I love real estate. And guess what? While I'm own this property, I got a loan for six million, right? And then I'm collecting the cash flow okay um dividend stocks right when you want to make 64 or 20,000 or 10 grand in dividends boy oh boy you better be loaded you better have a lot of money on hand to buy a lot of shares because one unless you Warren Buffett most people I know they ain't making thousands of dollars on dividends okay so like A dividend, basically. Let's say you buy... What's the company we can use? Let's say... What's Nike stock at? Let me look them up. Nike stock. Okay, they're at $73.67. Okay? And, um... Let's see. $73.67. Okay. So, let's say you own... 10,000 shares of Nike, right? And because of this, they're paying you the profit they made, the company they made, right? So i gotta explain this. Nike's a company. Nike sells shoes, clothing, all this stuff, right? So quarterly, they pay their investors, their shareholders, you who own shares in the company, they pay you a percentage of the net profit, okay? Um, first, they pay your know, own. Oh, they, they, Unfortunately, what they don't tell you is they don't pay every, everybody out equally, right? First, they're going to pay... Sorry, this text threw me off. But first, they're going to pay um, people who, one, own the most shares. So if you're Bob and you got 10, 10 Nike freaking shares, you're the last one to get paid, buddy. Think about it. You, as a business, if you borrowed money from people, right? If you borrowed... Let's say uh, your business, you started up. You need to borrow money. You borrow a million dollars from one friend, and you borrow ten thousand from one friend. Who you paying back first? The guy with the million. He got more money, and he'll probably, you know, pursue you more, right? I'm not saying you shouldn't pay the guy with ten grand. You should pay everybody equally, but your first priority is your biggest debt, right? So the same thing. They're gonna pay off the. They're gonna pay, and. All the returns on their money, they're going to pay all their profits to the guys who own most of the shares, right? And I think what was it was called like certified shares or certified orders, whatever. And then there's different type of stocks, but I'm not really getting into that. I'm going to have one of my stock buddies get on here and go into detail. I'm not going to act like, uh what's his name? I'm not going to act like, uh what's that crazy guy on that angry show? He be yelling, bald that guy, not Dave Ramsey. Uh, ah, Money, mad money. Jim something. Yeah. Oh, man, my brain is going to come back to me when I go to bed tonight I be pissed. Right. So I'm not like, Jim Cramer. There we go. Right. I'm not going to be no Jim Cramer. Right. But uh I have studied stocks. I have been putting money in the stocks for at least the last five years. And I have been and I still do. And I've experimented in different ways. I've sat down with stock brokers. I sat down with financial Whatever you call those people, people with those finance degrees, and they work for these finance companies, financial advisors. Um, so I've talked to those guys, I've asked them a whole bunch of questions. I have a friend, a family friend who works for a big company, and he does this for, you know, he invests money for, you know, people who got money, you know what I'm saying? So um, I asked him a lot of questions. You know, he's one of my dad's good friends. Um, so that's something you got to know about stocks okay and dividends um it's a great way to make money in my opinion it's just something that you should do down the road when you have a lot of money right so keep that in mind like if you had ten thousand dollars i wouldn't just you know go buy stocks and you know get dividends like i would start i would try to start a business and then get it to a point where it's a self-running business or invest in real estate and leverage that ten thousand dollars do some land contracts or some creative financing deals to make the most out of that little money, right? I wouldn't just go buy Nike stocks and just sit there because every <laughs> quarterly, when you get 80 bucks, uh, uh, every quarter, you're going to be, "Ooh, whoop-de-doo, 80 bucks. You could have lift drove for a day and made that 80 bucks, okay? <laughs> so think about that for sure. Um, that's something that I tell people, like, dude, you're just, stocks, you're just going to get crushed, dude. It's like going to a casino with $10. You ain't going to walk out with 100 grand, bro. You got to go to a casino when you got a million dollars. So if you lose a couple hundred thousand, you all right. Okay. You don't go to a casino with 10 a 20 $100. Okay. Same thing. The stock market is like the casino. Okay. It's just a little bit more fancy and they confuse you a little bit more. Okay. And people wear nicer suits and whatever. Right. But it's all guessing. No one knows when the stock is going to go up or down. Okay, all they do look at previous what's happened in the past and they try to figure out what what will happen in the future, which you know, it's not a guarantee that, you know, the past will repeat itself cuz humans we are something else, right? So, um understand that. Now, if you're going to invest in dividend stocks, what I suggest is you you pick a couple one, two, or three, four dividends. I mean, sorry, stocks that you love and like, you like the owner, you think he's, you know, you think he's a genius, he doesn't have a drug problem, you know what I'm saying, whatever. Like, you actually think that the company will be here in 50 years. Like, you actually think their product has value. Not your mom or Bob or the guy at the gas station told you to invest in this company. Like, you by yourself believe and understand, like, this company makes sense. And I want to work with them, right? Right. So, uh, you got to think about that. Like, you don't just pick stocks because you saw a guy on YouTube talk about it because your dad told you to, because you like their shoes. You know what I'm saying? You got to look at the annual report. You got to look at how much debt they have. You got to look at how much profit they make quarterly. You got to look at the owners, the managers, you know, Read their, what is it, their financial report. Like, you got to do research on them, all right? Real research from them. Look them up, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it'll take you hours and hours and hours, but it's worth it. If you're putting up your money, make sure. That's one thing I learned from Warren Buffett. Put your money where it makes sense. Like, make sure you understand what you're doing with your money. Like, don't invest in something you don't understand. That's what I meant to say, right? That's what Warren Buffett would do with, you know, he always, often says, I don't invest in something you don't understand. Like, he does what he understands. He put his money into things he understands, right? He doesn't be like, well, some guy came up to me with this new cryptocurrency thing. It's called yin yang bong coin, right? And uh, what it does, no, he invests in what he knows, okay? Because he's not gambling. So when you go to the casino and you really know poker, I mean, you know poker you can come out on top because poker is kind of like a fair game. The rest of them, I, I don't know. You still look at like a one to five odds. But, um, yeah, poker, you know what I'm saying, if you really know, kind of like in a stock market, you really know what you're doing, you can kind of navigate, but that takes time and knowledge. And unless you have a knowledge and you understand all those big words those guys use and all the definitions and all the interest rates and, and all the fees involved, okay, and the terminology, like – if you don't know what a dividend is, you should not have your money in stocks. If you don't know what a stop law is like, you got to know about this. You So when it goes down in value, you don't just look at your wife and be like, oh no, oh, oh, oh. you, you see what I'm saying? You can't just trust a stock broker. You can't just trust a financial advisor. You can't just trust your Primerica guy. You can't just trust your W World Financial Group guy. You can't just trust all these people. You gotta trust them somewhat, but you yourself have to know somewhat what you're doing. Do do some research. Google. Everybody got smartphones. We just Google, right? It's not that, not that complicated, right? So do that when it comes to stocks, right? Owning your own business. Ah, this is we're gonna move on to this one because this one's a little, this is a little uh, sensitive, right? Um, owning your business. This is one that I'm like, wow, for me, because I know a couple guys, right? I know one guy. He makes a lot of money on online, right? Amazon, building websites. I'm not gonna say it because he probably kill me, right? On everything that he does, but let's just let's just say he makes hundreds of thousands online. And one thing I do know is that when he spends money on Google Ads or any type of marketing, Google AdWords, Facebook Ads, you know, whatever other type of marketing he's using, right? He's spending. To me, I look at it. I had like a 50% ratio. So like, if let's say he wants to make a 100 grand, he usually ends up spending 200 grand in marketing, okay? For me, when I was investing and doing wholesaling, which is not really investing, but it's real estate, negotiation, sales contract, flipping paperwork type stuff, right? When I was doing that, I had to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a month to get a deal. Some months I would spend it and get a deal. Some months I spent the money and didn't get a deal. Some months I did get a deal. Like, it's you know, it goes up and down. It depends, right? But one thing I did notice is as I put more money into my marketing, and I started putting thousands, right, guess what? Deals became more consistent. So that's the thing about marketing and business. At the end of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can start your own business, but if you start your business and you're broken, you have no you have no money or no access to money, right? Guess what? You won't see that much action unless you just have like the best product ever. You wanna know why? You gotta take market space. You gotta you gotta you gotta make some noise out there, okay? And then to make some noise, once again, you gotta use the money. You gotta. You gotta pay to get radio ads out there. You gotta pay to be on T V. You gotta pay to market on Facebook. You gotta pay to market on Google. You gotta pay to market on podcast. You gotta pay to market. You gotta pay to send letters. You gotta pay to be in a newspaper. You gotta pay for all this stuff. So if you only got ten, a hundred, a thousand dollars for your marketing budget, you you're not going to reach out that many people so if you spend a thousand dollars you should know how many people you should reach with your marketing if you're spending a thousand dollars and you only reach a hundred people and out of that hundred you only close one or two people you kind of have an idea of how big your business is going to be but if your marketing budget is ten thousand dollars and you can reach you know ten thousand people right and you close Three out of every hundred people, ooh, you see what I'm saying? Now you making money. So that's something that when I look back at, you know, what I've done in the past and where I could have did things better is I should have saved up more money for marketing and for like, you know, the upkeep and maintenance of the business and the holding costs as, you know, sometimes we call it in real estate. Even in when I was investing in real estate, I should have had more money for holding costs, for fees, for unseen repairs, for, for this, for that. You know what I'm saying? Cause you gotta pay water bill. You gotta pay the electric bill. You gotta pay the gas bill. You gotta pay insurance. You know what I'm saying? You gotta pay contractors. Them boys ain't cheap, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you're using good ones. So these things cost money. So, you know, now I look back, I was like, man, I should have listened to some guys that are telling me, hey, Christian, you know, don't buy all these rentals, sack up, wholesale, flip houses. I'm like, man, I want to do that. I'm trying to retire quick, man. I'm trying to be out here in the beach, you know, out here running around the beach with the babes. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm not trying to be, no, I'm just joking. Right? But I'm going to say I'm not trying to be out here working like you guys all the time, flipping houses, wholesaling, doing all that. But I had to realize it takes more money than you think. Okay, that's one thing I tell people. I don't want to tell people the goody, goody, good patch on yourself. Your mom can do that. I'm trying to tell you the truth. At the end of the day, anything you look at, okay, flipping cars, houses, whatever, investing in stocks and starting your own business, it's going to take more money than you thought. And it's going to take more work than you thought. And unfortunately, it's going to be harder than you thought. So knowing this, what you should do is take massive action To do whatever it takes to overcome all these setbacks and your lack of knowledge and your lack of money. And the only thing else I I figured out to do, right? So keep that in mind uh, when it comes to starting your own business. Also, when it comes to starting your own business, remember Uncle Sam, okay? Okay, remember that. And they're gonna tax that active income more, right? Dividends, watch out for the fees. Okay? Structure yourself where you're where you're netting the most amount of money in all of these. Okay? But at the same time, pay attention to your money. I mean, sorry, your time. Okay. Time and money. You're gonna remember I said that you gotta think about both. Which one do you want more of? You want more money or more time? Okay. That's something has to come down like, yeah, you can manage, self-manage everything, self-manage your business, self-manage your stock portfolio, self-manage all your rentals. But guess what? You ain't going to have no time. So what's the point of you doing all this and you're still working like a dog to your own investments? So instead of you working for somebody else, you started working for your own stocks and your own rental properties and your own business. You started working for a blank, blank, blank LLC. Okay, instead of the other LLC you were working for, you see what I'm saying? So you 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 want to structure yourself and not become a bottleneck. You know what I'm saying? One mentor of mine kind of exposed me to that bottleneck, which he just actually texted me. But um, yeah, so don't be a bottleneck, all right? Please, okay, as in don't be the person who opens the shop. You know, your business, who does the taxes for your business, who hires and fires the employees for your business, who, you know, buys the supplies for your business, who deals with customer complaints for your business. You're just that do-it-all. You're just a hard worker. You know, you listen to your mom and dad and you became a hard worker. No. Outsource all the dumb, boring, oh, I shouldn't say dumb. Outsource the stuff, one, that you're not good at, and two, outsource the easy stuff, Okay? You need to prioritize and do the most active income activities. For me, when I was in real estate investing, it's raising capital and and sitting in front of sellers, right? Motivated sellers. Those are two things. Everything else, outsource that stuff, period, okay? Stock investments, you need to analyze companies. Analyze them, analyze the owner, figure out, how much they really net a year, figure out their expenses, see if they have a healthy debt to income ratio, figure all that out. Okay. Figure out their competition, figure out what the customers think about their product. You see what I'm saying? Figure out how they've been growing in the last five years. You see what I'm saying? So you got to do a little, little homework with the stock stuff, right? So same thing. with are into rental income and rental properties. You got to be on top of it. Okay. But once you start making a lot of money, you can start outsourcing these stuff. But I wouldn't outsource this stuff until you really under, understand, okay, until you really understand how to start your business and what makes it go. You know what I'm saying? Because once you turn it over to a third party and you don't know what you're doing, they don't know what you're doing. It's just a mess. someone got to know what they're doing. And don't count on the third party person, right? So even in your own houses, don't only rely on your property management company, all right? They're in business for themselves. They trying to make money. If you can help them, great. But at the end of the day, they out for themselves. So over the shoulder management, you know, just check up on them, make sure everything is 100, you know. And if you do that, you'll you'll train them to be like, oh shoot, this Bob's account, we can't play around. He's on our head. He he he. Nothing slides past him, right? You know what I'm saying? You want to have that type of mentality. People scared of you, not scared of you, but they respect you, right? I should respect him, like, he's no dummy, let me operate loan let me do his taxes right, let me, you know what I'm saying, let me, let me do, let me manage his properties right, let me, you know, let me not BS this guy, because he, he is no hope, no hope. all right, so, these are forms of passive income, there are other ones out there, I mean, I had friends that, you know, bought vending machines, you know, if you guys want to do that, I mean, you can, but once again, if you want to be in that game, you better own like eighty of them boys. You know what I'm saying? And you gotta you gotta figure out like who's gonna refill them. Like, do you buy enough Coca-Cola for Coca-Cola to make a deal with you to buy them wholesale? Like, are you gonna go to Walmart and buy that pop and refill them? Or are you buying the candy? Re- like, you you see what I'm saying? Like, if you're gonna buy eighty vending machines, you need to either have your own business where you hire guys to go refill them and stuff, or you need to have you need a structure where like these companies refill them for you. You see what I'm saying? That's one problem that I saw with that. You know what I'm saying? So there's other, like, little, little, little things you can do for passive income. I'm not here to really talk about those things. I'm here to talk about the main big three. But, you know, there are other ones out there other than those three. That's the only reason why I mentioned that, like vending machines and stuff like that. And, you know know renting out your car you know there's I right, someone told me about that I guess now you can rent out your car for money people pay you monthly like you know what I'm saying there's so many ways to make money right now dude. I'm telling you every week there's a new way so research always be on top of it always keep your eye peeled you know what I'm saying like in rentals now we have Airbnb okay so instead of you renting out a whole house for a thousand dollars right you can rent out each room per night okay you can like double triple your income you see what I'm saying but there's more management all right. There's more things involved. So understand, you know, when things change, you know, something else got to change. When your income goes up or down, something's going up or down on work. See what I'm saying? So, yeah, there's more income and in doing Airbnb, but there's going to be more work, more management. You got to hire somebody to clean. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to put food, whatever. You see what I'm saying? There's a little bit more work needed. Right. You can do assisted living um you can do you know you can house veterans and people from the psych ward all type of different stuff um different nursing pr- homes you can open up so there's many ways to make money passively and in, in, in rental properties not just renting out just like the space right um you know you can rent out office space okay you can rent it out you can rent a whole building out you know like so there's many different ways like one guy was that I researched, who made hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate, he was renting out office space to big Fortune 500 companies, and he was getting stupid rents. I mean, like, 60 grand, 120 grand a month, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, 250 grand a month, like, stupid rent money, you know what I'm saying? But you're talking office space, 16, you know, 60 floors, or I don't know how big the, you know the buildings were, but... That, to me, opened my eyes. I'm like, oh, duh, uh, buy a a freaking office building, you know, 80 floors, rent it out to Apple, you know what I'm saying, whatever, right? It's not that simple, but, you know, it's an idea, right? You know, you want to crawl, you know, crawl, you want to, you know, walk, crawl. Wait, no, you want to crawl, walk, run, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't advise anybody to jump to those big things, right? You can think big all you want, but, you know, there's levels to this game, right? Same thing in stocks. Like, you can think big and take massive action and buy a whole bunch of stocks. Yeah, great. You bought a whole bunch of stocks, but what you get yourself into, right? Oh, oh, I made a mistake. Let me sell all of it, pay all these fees, and lose money. See what I'm saying? So when it comes to passive income, slow down. Active income? Oh, go nuts with it, man. Uber, lift as much as you can. Freaking work two jobs. Become a salesman part-time. Get a good salary job. Like, hustle as much as you can on the active income. Passive income? Be calculated with it okay please you know in my experience right so um we're gonna move on because I think I stressed those points enough right and um what one other tip I would say about passive income if I would t- you know if I was gonna tell my son something or my daughter something be like hey don't invest in passive income until you can make about four figures doing it so I would tell my like, hey don't even think about buying stocks until you you can buy enough stocks that you can at least make a $1000 a month in dividends, right? Don't buy a rental house unless you can at least make a $1000, you know, net a month after all expenses. Now, obviously that may be hard to do, but have a solid plan to hit that 1000. Like your first house you can make net 300, 400, right? 250, but just have a plan to get to that 1000 real quick and grow that number real quick. You need to grow, especially in real estate. You need to grow your net Operating income, your NRI, NRI whatever, your, whatever you net after all expenses with your real estate, you need to grow that number quick. Because what happens is while you're holding these houses and apartments and buildings, nature is going to f- it up. Excuse my language. Yeah, I ain't say it, but you know what I'm saying? Nature will come through as they call it, acts of God, right? Will uh, hit your properties, Okay. Sometimes it could be your tenants, sometimes it could be weather, sometimes it could be whatever. Asteroids hitting your buildings, whatever. When these things happen and you have people paying you money monthly, you got to do repairs, buddy. Okay, Not unless you're doing like a triple net lease, which we'll talk about that later. But, you see what I'm saying? So, uh, think about that. When you buy a house, a rental house, right, and you use your last dime to fix that thing, and then you're done. And you get, at the end of the day, you're netting $400 after your taxes, insurance, all, whatever, your payments, whatever. You're netting $400, $500, 600 right? And then, boom, main drain goes. Ooh, tree falls on the house. You know what I'm saying? Then what? Uh, there's a tree in my living room. I need you to come get it. Um, well, um, tenant, I uh, used all my money, and... Um, I don't have enough money to call like a tree company to cut that tree down to remove it. They told me it'd be like $2,000, 4000 I don't have that. Oh. Uh, they're out of there, okay? You see what I'm saying? And then guess what? All that hard work is over. Now you got to have that house sit there. City flag. Be like, get this tree off this house. You know what I'm saying? Or fix your, fix your roof. You got water flowing in. You know what I'm saying? You got a huge hole in it. Or you know what I'm saying, fix a broken foundation, you know, your water main you know what I'm saying, your your main drains crack, you got sewage in your basement, you see what I'm saying? You got your rats are all around the city, the city go flat, you see what I'm saying? Now you dig yourself into a big deep hole. And I had a conversation with the guy today, I'm like, at the end of the day, man, you need my money. And I was like, and if you and I understand you're trying to move quick, I got you. I'm the same way, I feel you, right? But if you want to move like that. Uh you need to learn, which this is what I'm getting into, how to raise money. If you want to build these passive income things, right? So for me, I had to raise money. My first lender gave me 130 to flip a house in Livonia. Then my second lender gave me well twenty. Another lender gave me 140 to flip a house in St. Clair Shores. Another lender gave me 20 for a rental and another lender gave me 20 for a rental right and I won't talk about the other but those examples like these are like how you know these are the first couple deals I got so I remember them very you know I remember them so like that's how I started in the real estate game and then you know when it came to the contracting like I partnered up on like my first house I'm like listen dude like I know how to buy houses I'm a real estate agent I know how to buy I know it's a good deal I know I can rent this house for $750.00 Um, I already had the deal, I put my five grand down, it's a land contract, but I need help fixing this thing to get it to a point where I can rent it out. And I don't know, I don't know the difference between paint and primer, I don't know the difference between drywall and sheetrock, I couldn't tell you the difference between ceramic tile, I couldn't tell you between laminate and, and, you know, back then, right, I couldn't, I, I didn't, I had no idea, Right. I understand plumbing, electrical, because I was one of them kids in high school. I didn't take building trades. I didn't want to be with all the kids doing dip and spitting in bottles. You know what I'm saying? I'm just playing. But, um, yeah, I I didn't know nothing about that. So I was like, I wasn't going to let the old be bad. So I just give up equity because I learned that in the the courses I took. It was like, well, if you don't know what you're doing, partner up. So I did that. And there's some people I'm hearing like, I don't want to partner up. Okay, go ahead. Be a lone wolf. Go into combat by yourself, here's your rifle, here's your helmet, go ahead. The Germans are that way, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? You You need a squad out here, man. You need a squad, especially in real estate, okay? And if you don't have a squad, I mean, it's harder, you can do it alone, like the African proverb says, if you wanna go far, no, if you wanna go fast, go alone. If you wanna go far, go together, all right? So that, that, that'd be my advice when it comes to doing all this. Once you, like, feel confident, That you can do it by yourself. All right, break off the partnerships. Not break them off, but like do your own thing. See what I'm saying? Like, just start doing your own thing. Tell your people like, hey, I want to do my own thing, or keep doing business with your partners and just do your own thing. You know what I'm saying? There's no lifetime contract you made with these people. You know, and if you did, keep your word and stay. Keep doing business with them. For me. Even if I was in a partnership situation, I would never break them. Break them. I still do business with them here and there, but I still do my own thing. You know what I'm saying? So you can just net more, right? That's just my opinion, right? So yeah, learn how to raise money. Um, you know, if you you want to start the freeway, just YouTube stuff, go to library, read books on how to raise money. Call people. You know, if you're you know, call people in your neighborhood to have money. Trying to learn from them. Meet up with them. You know, share your ideas, share your concepts with people. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you if you are in real estate or if you, you know, want to start your own business, like, you should be telling everybody everywhere who has something of value what you got, what you're doing, and how it can help people in selling your product or service all the time. Like, to the point where you walk down the street like, oh, it's Bob again. We know he sells vitamin water or whatever, right? Because once you get to that point, man... You'll hit you'll hit a tipping point where people start calling you be like, yeah, man, I heard you uh, investing in real estate. Or I heard you got this new product out. I'm interested. You know, my aunt told me about it, about it, about it. and then you, uh, you'll be racking, raking in that dough, and then you can cut that marketing expense a little bit, though, which I wouldn't advise because you always want to be spending money on marketing because that's the lifeline to any business. But, yeah, we'll talk about that later when we talk more about businesses, right? But uh one tip that I highly suggest is spend most of your time in the beginning making money, okay, and storing it. If you are broke, if you ain't got a million dollars, if you ain't got 10 grand saved up, 100 grand saved up, spend your time working your butt off as much time as you can to stack paper. Stack it up. Stack the paper. Okay. After you stack and then while you're stacking the paper, this is what I did, gain massive knowledge. So you're stacking your paper up, your money, your dinero, your cryptocurrencies, whatever. You're stacking your money, right? And then at the same time, you're gaining the knowledge, okay? Because in life, you either have money or knowledge. If you don't have money, you need someone with the knowledge. If you don't have knowledge, you need someone with the money, all right? Yeah, if you don't have, you're right. You see what I'm saying? So you need one or the other, right? So uh, understand that. Like, that's something that, in the beginning, like, I didn't have money, so I had to gain knowledge. Okay? And if you don't have money, most people out there, we probably don't have money. Gain the knowledge. Stack your paper. Do both. You know what I'm saying? But gain the knowledge because that's kind of free. Okay? It's kind of cheaper. Right? But knowledge without money is kind of useless because you can't really put that knowledge to use, in my in my personal opinion. I mean, you can, without money, just be hard. Money is like steroids to me. Get that idea out there quick. <laughs> right? So, uh... If I would look at it, one guy told me, like, you should spend most of your time, 80% of your time, on active active income activities and 20% on passive. You know, I mean, that's his standard. You can figure out whatever is good for you. You know where you're at debt-wise. You know how much money you want to make passively. You know, I got some friends, they want to make 100000 a month. I got some people, they just want to make an extra 1000 a month. Some people just want to make an extra 10000 right? So it's up to you. You got to figure out who who you are. Once again, how much time and money you want to put out there, what's more important to you, you know what I'm saying? There's some people out there that are workaholics. They love to work. The 90-hour work week, they love it. It's like crack to them, right? And there's people, like, they work 40 hours and they're depressed. They're like, I want to be on the beach, dude. You know what I'm saying? So figure out who you are because you may make a lot of money, make a lot of passive income, you know, retire for a year like some friends of mine and then be like, dude, I'm bored. I want to get back in the business world. I want to get back there, Adam Valley. I want to create stuff. I want to build new businesses, right? So, you know, things will change. You'll get flexible. So throughout this process, stay flexible, right? You know what I'm saying? Keep your eyes open for different opportunities. You know what I'm saying? And always be willing to hear what other people have to say because people like me, like, I've, you know, cut myself in the own throat by, like, not listening to other people who had more and be like, oh, I got a better way, right? You know what I'm saying? They actually have a – they prove their philosophy with their life. You know what I'm saying? And if you're still proving yours, sometimes it's okay to just take your foot off the gas and kind of, you know, talk to somebody else who's been down that road and be like, hey, what do you think? You know what I'm saying? The more you, I, you know, I believe you should make a war. What is it? Make war with multiple councils, right? Whatever that verse was, right? Make war with the multiple of councils. You see what I'm saying? So that's very smart when it comes to putting your money in any investment or picking which active activity you want to get into. Like before you become an engineer, go talk to some engineers. Figure out how much they really make. Like I tell people, oh, yeah, do they, they probably 80 grand, 100 grand a year. Okay, taxes, off rip, take 30% off. Right? Thirty five percent, whatever it is. So if you make a hundred grand, take thirty five percent off, all right. You're at sixty five grand. Okay. So you 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 know what I'm saying? You didn't really make a hundred grand, okay? You gotta count taxes, folks. You know what I'm saying? I know that's obvious, but People don't think about that. Then after you figure out how much you really net a year, divide that by 12. That's what you're taking home monthly and see if you can live on that. See if it's worth going to college eight years and doing all this crazy stuff and writing a thesis. You know what I'm saying? Before you just pick a a career to get into, right? And then have an exit route, right? Like you should never, like you should never depend on a business for retirement, in my opinion. Like those days are over, Okay businesses didn't start to give people retirement. No one, is you as a business owner, you don't want to open a You don't want to open a business, have a thousand employees and then have to figure out how to pay them for the rest of their lives. So think, why would that, why would a other business owner do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that I, in my opinion, you know, if I was to be, you know, launching a huge business where I had a thousand, I would try to figure out a way for my people to, to eat good. You know what I'm saying? to continue to make money and to be, Okay, because I, I love my people, you know what I'm saying? But I would never build a business where I would have a 1,000 employees unless, you know, I was making millions and millions of dollars a month, right? And it was well worth it, you know what I'm saying? I'd rather just work with less employees. That's just my opinion, personally. Some people, you may want to build a business where you have a 100,000 employees. That's fine, right? Just understand, you know, there's certain pros and cons to everything. Uh, so keep that in mind, right? Um Another thing is when it comes to any investment or active income, once again, do the math. Um, figure out worst case scenario, okay? Investing in houses, stocks, starting a business, worst case scenario. So if if it looks like to start your new business, you're gonna need about four grand a month, bump it up to five or six, okay? and if And if it's less than that, great, you made more money. But don't be like, oh, you know, the business needs about thirty-eight grand. I mean, thirty-eight hundred a month to run. That's to be that'll cover all expenses. I'm really about three grand. No, no, ever shorten it. Always expect it to be more. You'll save yourself a lot of headache. You heard it here first, right? Yep, So keep that in mind, right? Next point, okay, is also learn how to save money, right? Learn how to save money. Learn how to stack it. Okay, learn how to create it. Okay, and once you have that confidence, like, yes, I know how to save money. I know how to stack it. I know how to raise money. I know how to go into the marketplace and create a $100,000 in six months. You want to be there because in a business with investments, things go crazy, and so you want to be able to make quick money quickly. So have an active income that you know that you can do to make you know what I'm saying have some product or service or something that you can bring to the marketplace that you can exchange for money to keep things afloat just in case the well your money well runs dry okay so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys a few books and people to follow um, that will kind of go in more details and all these topics who are smarter than me have more money than me you know Right, but you know, I read a lot of their content, so I'm gonna refer to you people I've read. Now I didn't. You know, what I'm saying people that I admire, some of my favorites, the goats, as you would call it, right? So, um, books, right? Um, a book on business, if you want to start your own business, that I highly suggest people reading is one Shoe Dog. It's about the guy who started Nike. Okay, that's one, and then Sam Walton's book on Made in America. Um, I definitely would. Definitely, definitely read those two books if you want to do start up your own business, right? Um, if you want to get into sales for active income or real estate and for, you know, passive income and in big numbers, like you want to make millions of dollars a year in passive income, hundreds of thousands a month in passive income, hundreds of thousands a year in passive income, right? Check out Grant Cardone. Um, he's a real good on multifamily real estate and on sales and on negotiations and all that stuff. Great guy. He's got phenomenal books. You know, sell to survive. Um, well, another book I read that I love is in my my top five is 10x. Um, he's got if you're not first, you're last. He's got be obsessed, be obsessed, or be average. So he's got a lot of whole bunch of great books. If you're not first, you're last. I, I mentioned that already. Um, seller be sold so he's got great books on selling so I definitely suggest checking out Grant Cardone okay Um, another guy Jim Rohn if you want to get learn more about sales and understand passive income and residual income which is just another word for passive income right Um, Jim Rohn's good on that he's a guy who was in a network marketing business Um, and if you are out there and you hear of a network marketing business check him out Um, don't be careful and don't, you know, don't automatically believe that just because you join a network marketing business, you'll be a millionaire in two years. You're going to have to put in work. It's possible, but you got to put it in work, right? And not everybody's going to be a millionaire in network marketing business, right? Just like not every person who invests in real estate is going to be a real estate in real, a millionaire in real estate, right? Just like not everybody who invests in stocks is going to be a millionaire stock, you know, going to have a million in stocks or make a million dollars a year in dividends, right? It takes time. You know, you got to work your butt off to get there. And you got to put yourself in that upper 20%, okay? If you're in the bottom 80 it's gonna be hard, right? Crawl your way to the top. There's less crowded up there, more more space to breathe. <laughs> so, um, great. Jim Rohn's great. Another great book about like sales and how to activate and make money quickly, and how to like increase your income rapidly, which you know most people we probably want to do, right? Is six months to six figures by Peter Vaud. I don't know how you say that. V O O G D. That's a weird way to. I wonder where he's from, that nationality. Um, but yeah, six months to six figures, phenomenal book. Um, another basic book which, like, I mean, every kid, every person, adult, every person in the planet should have it. In my opinion, it's "Rich Dad, Poor Dad," phenomenal book. And he has another book, uh, "The Four Clash," look, <laughs> "Clash," the four cash flow quadrants by Robert Kiyosaki. So Robert Kiyosaki. He really got famous uh, when he wrote the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. He also created the game Cash Flow. Great game, which one of my friends told me it's online, so that's pretty dope. You can play people online playing Cash Flow. Pretty dope, right? Yeah, but you can learn how to budget, you how to have income, and rental properties, and expenses, and what happens when taxes. It's a great game. I would highly suggest playing Cash Flow, either the board game or the online game. Right, They have a kid's version for your kids, but it'll teach you about the four quadrants, you know, an employee, a self employed person, or a salesman, a business owner, investor, right? So that's what rich dad, poor dad kind of go into. That's what the four cash flow quadrants go into, and it's very basic information, but it's very important. I would definitely start there, and I would definitely read these books every year to remind yourself until it's in your subconscious mind. You see what I'm saying? Uh, another great book when it comes to selling and raising active income and another great book just for business that I think is phenomenal is this book called Pitch Anything, right? So in business, when you're making deals with people and you're working with third party people, pitch every the the concepts and the tools they talk about and the ideas and the information you'll hear in the book, Pitch Anything, I think will tremendously help you. One of my favorite books when it comes to like sales negotiations and like just dealing with people, right? Um, and then real estate for those people, I mean, most people know this, but it's called bigger pockets. Definitely look out, listen to their podcast, read their books. They have a lot of information. And when you're starting off, I think they're a great, um, they're a great source of information for, you know, young, old experienced, not experienced, Right. Um, and then another person I would definitely check out is Dan Sullivan, the, and the strategic Coach people for people who are high level, who already are in the high six figures or seven figures a month or annually in income in their businesses or with their rental portfolio or with their stocks. You're gonna have to, you know, you can't listen to the guy who's telling you how to make ten grand. You're you're at a whole new level. So Dan Sullivan and all his content is great. Evan Pagan, his stuff is also great. Scaling up, you know, you want to. Look, Ty Lopez, he's pretty good on scaling up once you have a business operating. So people like that. So and you know, and obviously when you're moving up the ranks in this knowledge game, understand you have to spend more money. Some of these people, you know, they're gonna charge you ten, a hundred grand. You know what I'm saying? There's membership groups out there where people pay a hundred thousand dollars a year to be in them. But you know what I'm saying? They, <laughs> you know, you pay a hundred grand a year because you're making that type of money, right? If you have your last hundred grand a year, you shouldn't be spending that on a course or a membership group, in my opinion, personally. Right. So those, these are a few books, a few people um, that I think stick out to me that I think you should definitely check out. Um, also, um, when it comes to, to taking action on all this stuff, understand that there's going to be spots and times and areas in while you're going through all this that you don't know what's going on, but just don't give up that's why you got to pick something that's really important or close to you where there's a strong why. Like don't just get in real estate because like, you know, your uncle told you get into real estate because you love real estate, because you want to build a portfolio, pass it on to your son. Right. And that's another reason why I love real estate. You know, I'm kind of biased towards real estate because I, you know, I'm a real estate guy kind of. Right. So, I mean, I mean, That's one thing. You can put your properties in trust. You can transfer them, right? Living trust, land trust. You can pass it on to your children. So, you know, passing on stocks to your children, I I don't know about all that, okay? So, ask your financial advisor. I am not a financial advisor, right? This is my disclaimer. I am not a financial advisor. Anything I tell you here is my own personal opinion. Please advise with a lawyer or a financial advisor. These are just my personal opinions, right? And I'm just sharing with you knowledge that I obtained throughout the years, experience, and uh, certain things I've been through. So, let's bring this puppy to an end, right? So, um, I wish you guys could, like, ask me questions so I could be like, did I miss anything? But, uh, well, I'll start doing Facebook Lives and Instagram Lives Soon. But yeah, add, add me on social media, Christian Shabi, since we're talking about that. Just Shabi is C H A B I, right? First name Christian, C H R I S T I A N. And like some of my friends say, like the religion, right? So Shabi, C H A B I. Instagram, Facebook, the whole nine yards, right? And the website. I also have a website, c h a b i C H A B I.com. All right, folks. So I hope um, this long, interesting podcast um, struck a nerve in you and caused you to think differently and caused you to be like, man, I got to figure out, you know, which passive income I want to get involved with. And I hope I planted a seed in your mind for you to go take action, not only to give you fun information and entertain you, but to also be like, hmm, where can I take action to increase my active income to save more money? Or where can I start putting this big chunk of money I got laying around like where's the best place to put it okay where do I get the best ROI aka return on investment all right so on a later podcast I'll go into more details on the terms I'll do a podcast I did one on real estate I'm gonna do one on stocks and like I said I'll bring my stock guys because when it comes to special stuff like that I want to bring the pros pros right Cause they don't make me look stupid. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm just playing, but I want to bring the pros just to add more value. Right. You know, I'll throw in my little, my little tidbits, but I want the pros on here. Right. I'll bring in some real estate pros also. And, um, also put on some guys who make, you know, six, seven figures a year in their own business. And, it's not a bottleneck business, as in they're not there every day, right? And they own multiple business online or brick-and-mortar businesses, right? Brick-and-mortar is just another fancy word for, like, a physical business, like a building, right? So, yeah, that's what people mean when they say brick-and-mortar, just in case you hear it. So, all right, guys, so um, if this podcast added value to your life, please do me a favor and share it with at least one or two people in your life that you love, that you think will get knowledge from this, and that you want to see like, hey man, I don't want to see you work for your job one day and just get cut and then be sleeping on my couch. So check out this podcast, get some information, and let's figure out a way to start getting this passive income, and let's figure out a way to increase our active income so we can live better lives, all right? Because money is great, but money is only worth It's only worth the value when you can trade it with somebody else for something, right? Money is worthless. I tell people this all the time. $10 million under your bed does nothing for you, but make your target. You know what I'm saying? Money is worth something when you give it to somebody and they trade you something for it. It's a tradable commodity, commodity, right? You trade it with people, right? That's why it was created. So understand that, yes, you want money, but remember, you're getting that money to trade it for something else. All right. So. This is Christian. I'm out. Have a blessed day. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's recording of Healthy, Wealthy, Happy. This is your host, Christian Shabby. And if you would like to stay in more contact with me and get to know me a little bit more, you can check me out on my YouTube channel, which is Christian Shabby. Let me spell that for you. C H. A-B-I, and also uh, we have a website that you can also get phenomenal information, schedule a time to speak with me, one-on-one consultation, all that fun stuff, and get to listen and watch a few testimonials, and check out my book, Something Ain't Right, which is all on my website, which is, guess what, also called ChristianShabi.com, www.ChristianShabi.com, all right? Thank you, and have a blessed day.